define the gospel, what's our handy-dandy definition of the gospel? It is the good news. Okay, the fuller, Dan's the fuller version, right? The story, it's a story. It's a message. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we believe in the gospel, the power of God to save, the passage that Keith read just a moment ago. So, so just for a few minutes, let's think about what the gospel gives us. Um, it does give us a message, gives us a message. When we think of uh, the, the good news of Jesus Christ, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, let's look at that passage. The, the Apostle Paul is concerned that Christians are being influenced negatively in the sense that there is no resurrection. Um, how can you trust in something you can't see? And so Paul is wanting to remind Christians we believe in the resurrection. There is a resurrect. There will be a resurrection of the dead. And so that's what he's talking about. And so he says in verse one, "Now I remind you." So Paul's not telling them anything new. I remind you, brothers and sisters, of the gospel. The, the story, the good news. I preach to you which you received in which you stand. So Paul says the gospel is something that they received and they stand or they're abiding in the gospel. They're gospel people. And, verse 2, by which you are being saved... And we believe that about the gospel. Romans 1.16 is the power of God unto salvation. Okay? If you hold fast the word I preached to you unless you believed in vain. So, so Paul says, you know, this is a truth that you have internalized. That it, has, it, is, it is within your heart. It, it's not a vain belief. It is a belief that is very dear and deep. Thomas and I were in the backyard behind the house uh, one day. I don't remember exactly how old you were, Thomas. I don't know, eight, nine, something. And we were, we were pitching ball, and I would throw the ball, and he'd hit it. He had the bat. And he was doing a great job. You were always a good, good swinger, good hit, hit the ball. But it was my turn. And so Thomas is going to throw me the ball, and I've got the bat. And, you know, it's kind of like the, the, the perfect toss, and you just feel it, and you just, you're going to swing, and perfect contact, you know. And the, and the ball went flying. It was a great hit. And... You know, the, the backyard, it's a nice backyard back there, but it only goes so far. And then you've got that, it's, it's kind of a rickety, old, rusty, barbed wire kind of fancy thing that you can sort of kind of tell is there if it's not overgrown. You know, Denny, what I'm talking about. And then past that, it's just brush, just, you know, trees. And, and, and sure enough, the ball goes over that fence and into, and what do you do? You keep your eye on, I see where it went in, and I didn't, that was our good baseball. And I didn't want to lose it, and so I dropped the bat, but I stay focused on where I saw the ball go into the woods. 
And so I said, come on, Thomas, we can find the ball. And so I march across, keeping my eye focused, and climb over and rummaging around where I think it went in. After a while, Thomas said, you know, I think it's gone, Dad. Let's just give up. No, I'm not giving up. That's our, that's our one good baseball. we got to find it. Never found the baseball. I'm sure it's over there somewhere, even now, taunting us. I did find a whole bunch of poison ivy. And uh, do you really remember that? It tore me up. And it got so bad. Now help me remember Jeremy. Jeremy said, Paul, you, I mean, you gotta, you, that's got to be treated. And I said, no, no, I'm good. He said, well, let me come over. So he made a house call. He came to the house. And I said, well, I'm putting on cream and ointment. He said, no, no, it has gotten, and, and he said, under your skin. And topical will not, will not be effective. And so he prescribed steroids. And I had to take these steroids to get rid of the poison ivy that was just tear, wearing me out. Just, it was awful. Never, I've never experienced anything like that before. It was awful. And then the steroids, man, they keep you up. And I like had all this energy. And I was out sharing the gospel and evangelizing at 2 a.m. in the morning. No, I wasn't. But Jeremy's comment, it's gotten under your... We, his comment was, the topical is ineffective. We have to treat this from within. So you have to take those steroid pills. To, that's the gospel. See, we try to... You know, folks try to self-medicate in all kinds of... Topical is insufficient. The gospel is medicine that works from within. Jesus talked so many times about the matter being an issue of the heart, right? Uh, the Sermon on the Mount. All of these, all of these uh, invitations that Jesus makes, drawing us into a journey of discipleship, so much boils down to, are we ready from deep within us, from our heart, to make a commitment to Christ? Christianity is not about just the superficial activity of godliness. That's a byproduct that comes from a transformed heart. Christianity at its core is about a commitment of the heart to Jesus Christ as Lord. So Paul says, I remind you of the gospel, which is a message you have received... And you do not believe it in vain. It has done work on you from the inside. And that work is a saving work. And then he continues in verse 3. For I delivered, for I delivered to you of first importance that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. The gospel gives us a message. So it's about someone, Jesus Christ. It's a message about what he did. 
his atoning sacrificial death on the cross, bearing our sins. But that's not the end of the gospel. The gospel is, after all, good news. It's not just a tragedy tale of an innocent man who was executed in horrific fashion. It's furthermore about the empty tomb on Sunday morning when the, the resurrection of Christ, and because he rose, we have the promise of a resurrection like his. So it's a message that we tell. Uh, the, the gospel gives us meaning. It gives us meaning in our life. So the gospel, let me suggest it this way, is not just something we've heard and obeyed. It's more than that. There is ongoing gospel living. The gospel still does work in our lives. The gospel continues to to be a motivating force within us. It's not just a story. It's a message that has a meaning And it gives us a mission, right? The the Great Commission to, uh, Jesus says, go, therefore, and do what? Make disciples. Yeah, it's a a mission to to make disciples. Uh, Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, don't forget the promise of the Great Commission, behold, I am with you always, not peace part portion, always, even to the end of the age. And so the gospel connects us, it gives us a message, it gives us meaning, and it gives us a mission. Now, the gospel is invitational. Do we respond to the gospel? And I don't know your I, I, I don't know if there's any here that need to obey the gospel. Well, what do you mean by obey the gospel? Well, uh, we learn. It's a, Christianity is a learned system of faith. It, it, is a, it is something that we teach and tell, but it's a story we hear and receive. Jesus Christ, who he is, what he did for us, and are we going to respond? Are we going to receive that, or are we going to reject that? And the gospel invites us to receive Jesus Christ, to believe in him, to put our faith in him, to trust in Jesus Christ, to repent of sin, okay, to confess his name, to be baptized in water, to experience union with him, forgiveness of sins, and then to go on and live a life of faith, commitment, devotion, abiding in Christ, living out the gospel uh, every day thereafter. Uh, If we can pray with you this afternoon, if we can minister to you with the gospel, then we want to do that as we stand and sing.